Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Sports Nuts and Bear Guts, episode 44, coming at you. Number 44, it doesn't matter because we're going straight Florida man for June 10th, which is the day we're recording. Did you know in 2015, on this day, there was a Florida man arrested for assault for throwing a slice of pizza at his roommate. I think last week it was a cheeseburger at his girlfriend or something, Chris. Is that right? Yeah, a cheeseburger at somebody, yeah. Now we're getting pizza at the roommate. Um, We also, in 2019, last year, this was the precedent of 2020 going crazy. Florida man arrested for masturbating at the gym. When officers said why, he told them women at the gym like watching. Cole, were you in Florida June 10th, 2019? I cannot conform, confirm, or deny. <laughs> How do I know you're going to kick that over to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we got myself, Logan Bryant. We got Chris Collette. And then we're bringing in Cole Huffman because Hickman is deciding to get his first tattoo and instead of a single tattoo not his first tattoo instead (laughs) of getting a single tattoo he's going for the whole arm sleeve cole are you excited to see hickman with the arm sleeve wait is this real (laughs) no (laughs) okay wow i was like whoa i mean parts of it are yeah yeah i knew he was getting a tattoo i did not know i i if i saw matt hickman with an arm sleeve that would probably That'd probably be one of the bigger surprises of things that would come out of just things I've heard lately. And that's saying something. He'd get the sports nuts and beer guts logo right there in the bicep so we could just pop it for the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, guys, we are working our way out of this quarantine situation. Things are opening back up. Rumor has it Arizona's about to close again because their cases are through the roof. Um, Are we finding life getting a little bit more back to normal, Chris? Um, yeah, I'm going to work. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty normal. I mean, I'm eating at restaurants again, like for lunch here and there. Uh, it's pretty much back to normal for me. Perfect. Uh, you still, now you're back to work. Are you still golfing every day or the old man missing you? Uh, the old men are missing me, but I, uh, I did go golfing today after work. So that was nice. Cole, you guys back to normal? Pretty much back to normal. Went to a couple of restaurants this weekend. Uh, work brought everybody back last week. You have to be wearing a mask to get up from your desk and walk around at all in the office. Um, I have my custom made Ric Flair mask that I actually got a notification today. It is in the mail. So I'll be sporting that around the office here in a few short days, which I'm pretty excited about. Is it a picture of Ric Flair? Is it just Ric Flair's mouth? Is it just a big woo? There's a lot going on with it, actually. It's, it's a cartoon drawing of Ric Flair. Uh, back in a suit and sunglasses, and then there's a woo going out from his mouth, if I remember correctly. Ordered the thing a month ago. Those things are, I guess, um, high, high demand. demand. So I just now am getting probably the third round of them. It's on the way. Perfect. Well, we got a few fun things to talk about. Um, we're talking, we got some internet talk. We got some golf talk. Um, we may even bring in a little buried treasure talk this week. Uh, but sports are slowly coming back into our lives. NBA, WNBA, uh, basically everybody but MLB has decided what their plan is at this point. And Cole, are you going to miss it if baseball doesn't show up this year? No, I really won't. I'm probably probably <laughs> last year I watched nine innings combined of baseball. Um, I hate it for the sport. I just as a traditionalist, I still feel like. It, well, I want to say I feel like it's the national pastime. It's not. Let's just be honest. But to see a sport just completely go away uh, due to this, it's kind of tragic. But, no, I, I won't miss it. Did you hear that, Chris? That's from a college baseball player, and he doesn't like baseball. Was Cole really on the Johnson baseball team? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> they must have allowed anybody on the team back then. Well, they allowed anybody on the soccer team except for Brandon Peak that one year. <laughs> Poor peak. All right, guys. Well, as life is getting back to normal, Chris, we we have your uh, your phone addiction is well documented. Have you found yourself on social media more or less in the last couple months? Oh, considerably less. 
<laughs> uh, it's it's dropped in more than half. Uh, I there's just no sports going on, so Twitter's just absolute dumpster fire. Uh, and and uh, I mean, I feel like you have people on either side, either far right or or or, or far left, and they just go back and forth. And no matter what anybody does. It's awful unless it's their their point of view. And social media has just been a dumpster fire. So I've actively tried to avoid it as much as possible. Uh, and I, I'm rarely on there unless it's just uh, I'm bored or something. And I just scroll through just to see. Outside of that, I, I'm rarely on there. Yeah, I find myself almost opening up Facebook on the phone just out of habit. You know, just sitting there waiting on a phone call or something. But... I rarely make it through two or three posts before I'm moving on to something else. Uh, that was something I was going to add. Uh, typically, my Twitter feed is very far left, and my Facebook feed is very far right. And good God, neither one's good. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I typically am on Twitter more than any of them, just because that's where I get all my my sports news. Um, but as Chris said, there's just no sports going on. So everybody's got terrible takes that they're uneducated about that they, you know, it's, it's not just a take. It's, I know this to be true. So don't try to challenge me on this. Um, you know, Cole, I don't know if you've seen this, but my favorite thing on Facebook when people post is I don't want any comments or discussion, but, and then it's some sort of, you know, racist commentary, political commentary, something. And that's when you you know they're going to say probably one of the dumber things that you have to comment about because you can't believe somebody's that stupid. I don't want anybody to comment to this because I know I'm an ass, but I feel like I need to say it. I'm ready to get a damn flip phone. <laughs> they're coming back, man. Seriously. Um, you could be like somebody that I know who has two phones, one a flip phone, one a smartphone. Is that a relative of yours? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Um, another thing on that is I was thinking when I put this on the outline, I was thinking in, um, 2004 is the first presidential election I voted in and my beliefs in 2004, my beliefs in 2020 are drastically different. Uh, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, I've grown as a person and I've seen things and life experiences have made my viewpoints a little different. Uh, and that's why I have a hard time speaking in absolutes. Like this is right and you're wrong. There's no wiggle room. So that's why I have a hard time because I'm like, man, I have I have changed a lot. So, well, I, I mean, and you, you saw it with, you know, the Corona stuff where, you know, everybody became instant experts on what we should do, shouldn't do, how all this should happen. And I'm like, nobody knows. I don't even think the experts know. And how do I know I that? Because there's like 40 different countries that all did something different. You know, I mean, like nobody has the absolute answer. And then for some reason, that's just trickled into every aspect of life. Again, whether it's politics or, um, you know, whatever's going on in the world, people just have, I know this is the answer and this is how everybody needs to think. And if not, then get off my lawn. And I don't know where, I don't know where that mentality came from, but it drives me nuts. I actually found myself defending the CDC. Not that I, I was surprised to be defending the CDC, but like, I was just adamant. Somebody was just trashing them for like now saying, well, it might not be um, on services as much. That might not be where people are contracting. It might be more through droplets. I can't believe they didn't already. Like, it's been around for four months, five months. Like, <laughs> it's a freaking new thing. Like, give them some time. Well, it's also with the CDC, people take things like, oh, this employee at the CDC said this. And it may not be the official CDC, you know, like what the, what they're saying, but people get all up in arms that some, I'm like, you don't even know what this guy does or if he's even working with COVID. Like he may just be, you know, cleaning the CEO's office for all we know. But, you know, somebody from the C CDC said something. Um, so, yeah, social media has kind of been a kind of been for a, for a bit. Um, I'm not on it a whole lot. Um, I've. I could easily find myself. I mean, I'm, I'm never on the Instagrams. I could easily find myself um, in five years not being on social media at all, you know, having accounts, but never, never checking them, never looking. You know, why can't we just get back to the days where we can debate sports, you know, where it's not a, oh, I can guarantee you Kentucky's better than Tennessee. Like you argue it, the game happens, then you talk trash to whoever, whoever lost. That's what we need more of. 
Speaking of sports and people staying in their lane, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Peyton Manning decided with a couple other celebrities to come up with a bourbon. They decided to go out and buy some 13-year-old Dickel bourbon and sell it as their own. And when it first came out, you know, I'm part of a couple of bourbon groups here in, in Knoxville. When it first came out, people were like, this ain't going to work. It's not going to work. It was a limited release. It was $250 a, a bottle, and they were supposedly only going to have, you know, 500 or so. So they do a little thing online. They plug it. And I had several people tell me, like, this is illegal. They don't even really know what they're doing. So they take a deposit from 500 people for this bourbon, you know, this once-in-a-lifetime bourbon with Peyton Manning on it. And evidently it was illegal because they had to backtrack. And so they decided to backtrack and people are not happy. They were especially not happy when it showed up in certain stores after getting an email. If you, uh, if you won the, the lottery per se and got you a bottle and all of a sudden you walked into a liquor store and there it was when they told you that they could not distribute it anywhere. Um, so people are not real happy with, with Peyton. But my favorite part is, there's probably a half a dozen celebrities in on this. And for some reason, Peyton has become the poster boy for this thing. Um, Chris, have you guys made it down to Sweeten's Cove yet? Uh, negative on that one. Uh, I wouldn't complain about it. Uh, my brother's getting married next weekend in Alabama and we're driving by, right by there. So if uh, I can talk him into getting, getting there early enough, I wouldn't mind playing nine holes on the way down Friday. Does this bourbon uh, kerfluffle definitely mean that Tom Brady's bet is the is the goat? Well, considering he was a goat before the bourbon, I would assume so. <laughs> uh, Cole, in the hierarchy of Tennessee legends, does this firmly cement Dolly Parton ahead of Peyton Manning? She was already ahead of Peyton Manning. <laughs> Dolly Parton's ahead of everyone, pretty much in my book. Uh, you know, this was Peyton Man. I don't know what he was, what what really the thought process there was. Way to make some quick money. Don't he really doesn't need it? Not sure exactly what the breakdown was there. I read a little bit about it um, for the pod, just trying to figure it all out. I, I'm thinking maybe is his name the biggest person that's attached to it? Um, not sure. I, I saw I mean, some for other, local other people names. probably. Right, yeah, for for local people. I just my first thing was okay. We got Peyton Manning's bourbon. You got the Rocks tequila. Like it, this is going to be a new thing where just celebrities are going to start coming out with their own drink type thing. Oh, that's probably going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Sports Nuts and Beer Guts is about to sign on with uh, Mick Ultra. We're about to have our own Mick okay. Ultra beer. It, so. It's fits in the soft seven point five uh, workout plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cole. Yeah, man. We made this comment before we got on. We, I thought personally that this was going to be the first alcohol-free episode of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. Same. <laughs> because Cole decided to get all of us to do this thing called Hard 75. Cole, explain to everybody what Hard 75 is. Well, I think I mean, I mean, think it was initially Peak's idea, but I was like, let's do this thing. It actually it, it lines up. We'll be done with it because we're going to do all 75 days. And then we got Vegas that week where I'll be going to Vegas. Uh Pretty much it's five things for 75 days. Um, you have to take a picture of yourself every single day for a progress pick. You have to read 10 pages of a book. You have to work out 45 minutes twice a day for 45 minutes. And one of those workouts has to be outside. The other ones are you have to drink a gallon of water um, every day. And I think actually that might be it. There's two 45-minute workouts. So that's why I said No, five. you have to follow a oh, diet. I'm sorry, and, and follow a diet. Which mine is no alcohol, of course. That's one rule, all this, you know, automatically. Also, I'm doing no bread, no sweets, nothing fried, and that's about it. Well, in the hard 75, he tells you you have to follow a diet, whatever diet it is, but there can't be any cheat days and no alcohol. Chris, you decided you're not doing hard 75. You're doing Correct. soft 7.5. Correct. And what is the logic in the soft 7.5? Um, there's no way in hell I could do the hard 75. I, uh, I'm playing a golf tournament this weekend with my brother. Three days of just eating unhealthy, drinking lots of beer. So, yep, probably going to fail that weekend. Uh, next weekend, my brother's getting married. Not going to happen then. So, I was like, oh, I'm going to create this soft 7.5. 
where you do kind of halfway decent Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Sunday, whatever happens, happens. So that's the, that's the soft 7.5. Is, um, is this golf tournament, is this the Golden Eagle Scramble? It is the Golden Eagle Scramble. Oh, man. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure they were going to run that back considering there's like 300 people at that thing. Yeah, it's it's a go. <laughs> uh, what place do we expect uh, Team Collet to finish this year? Um, it's like a the tournament's actually pretty full. If it's not completely full, a hundred percent capacity. Uh, I don't know. Um, I've been playing a lot, uh, so we would like to finish uh, under par. That, that's our goal. Finish under par. So. Well, have you, there'll have be you a lot of updates. Have you ever finished under par? Negative on that one. <laughs> but I've also played way more golf than I've ever played leading up to it. So, a lot of training. There, there's some minor optimism there. Have you trained more for this golf tournament or for the half marathon we were supposed to do? Um, the golf tournament. Uh, today was my uh, 26th round of golf at the uh, local club where I got a membership to since Ooh. in the last. Uh, a little less than two months. So, well done, my friend. I've been putting good use to that membership. Got to get my money's worth. Well, guys, one thing I want to make sure we talked about this week. I don't know if you saw the the big upset. Coach Doug's lost the national title. Tennessee losing the football national title to the Virginia Tech Hokies. Cole, did you watch any of this football game? I, I think I watched. I, I googled what this was. I didn't even know what this was until the, right before the pod started. This you didn't know what this was? No. What all in the career of Coach Dugs? No, no. I think we oh. need to probably tell our listeners what this is because <laughs> I was like, wait, what in the world? I watched this like one one and a half minute hype video that Big Cat shared from Barstool about Coach Dugs, and then I just got more and more. I was like, wait a minute. So educate us a little bit here, Logan, Chris. Like what? exactly is this i mean it's kind of it's kind of been my favorite it's kind of been my favorite thing that we haven't talked about sports related and barstool big cat from barstool uh basically decided that he was going to jump on twitch uh basically twitch you know you can gamers film their people you know film themselves playing video games he was going to jump on twitch and do the old dynasty mode from ncaa 2014 the last year they had the game um and the crowds have slowly started to started to follow. Um, it was a week or so ago that he decided to change schools and jump to Tennessee. And I think there were 70,000 people that watched that. Uh, we got newspapers around here that do an update on Coach Doug's and the Tennessee video game. Uh, he plays almost a game every day. Um, but if you watch him, I've just watched glimpses of it. He's got a newborn kid in like the room next door and he's somewhere in New York in a small little apartment. And so like he's trying to like get excited, but he's basically having to whisper because his son is sleeping right next door. <laughs> but the dude's got 70,000 people watching him play a video game. Chris, how devastated were you and Coach Duggs could not bring home the nat- the natty? Uh, I was devastated. I thought it was a lock. Uh, I thought it was for sure going to happen. Uh, about the first thing Tennessee football's won, and I don't know, 15 years. Uh, <laughs> I was getting excited. Uh, speaking of uh, Big Cat's uh, Twitter feed, uh, last week one of the topics was what's something that made you, that's made you happy. Uh, the Cat Cave Derby. Uh, me and my son watch that daily. Uh, <laughs> it may not be language appropriate for a three-year-old, but uh, it, it's all good. He's heard he's heard worse from his mom. So uh, <laughs> me and my son watch it every day. Uh, I think they're about day eighty right now. Uh, like seriously, I put it on, and and my son, when he hears the voice, like comes sprinting to me from uh, from wherever he is in the house, just like, oh, it's on, let's go. So that's been that's been one good thing that's happened during this whole COVID thing. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there are Coach Doug's T-shirts. Um, I think there's about three or four Twitter uh, profiles of Coach Doug's, but it is it's quite impressive what he's done with that following there. Um, watching him play a video game, he has already announced to everybody that he is go- jumping to Wisconsin as soon as they offer him um, 
but it cracks me up. Coach Duggs, and I love that, you know, like the official Tennessee football uh, Twitter account will tweet at him. They've done oh, yeah. images and stuff for him. Like they've they've jumped all in. It's something fun to do, I think, in the offseason. Um, something else that's fun to do, guys, play golf. As Chris mentioned, him and Bubs are getting a golf tournament rolling. The PGA is back this week. Uh, and my understanding is in the PGA, basically they're testing everybody. If you were your caddy, uh, basically test positive for the COVID, you are essentially suspended indefinitely, basically until they let you come back. Is that how you read this, Chris? Yeah, you're basically suspended 14 days, uh, and then you have to have two straight po- uh, negative tests after the 14-day period. So, But it's yeah, it's the that's... golfer and their caddies, right? Yes. Yeah. So but they're, on- they're only testing like – Maybe forty percent of the field. It's not everybody. Oh, really? <laughs> I think there's about eleven hundred people on site for this, and I think they're only testing about four hundred. Okay. So I think it's about forty percent, kind of a random. And I'm sure it'll be like. I mean, you could test one caddy and one one pro from different. Like, so you don't have to test them both. I mean, it's since it's kind of a package deal there. And I assume the other three hundred would be like TV execs, like TV cameramen. Uh. And you have some rules, official stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, Cole, do you have any any personal favorite golf memories? Anything that you just look fondly on when you're swinging the the wooden mallet there? Well, besides um, the first year, maybe second year of the fantasy league where we went golfing, you had to wear a hot dog costume <laughs> um, if you had the shortest tee shot uh, for the rest <laughs> of the hole. That was a lot of fun. Uh, personally. Uh, there's one thing you might not know about me. Maybe you've actually seen it one time out there is uh, I can putt a little bit. I actually hit a 60 foot putt uh, back in 2014 in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I was playing with my boss and some other colleagues and um, we were playing uh, best ball or captain's choice, whatever you call it, hit a huge putt. And uh, that was awesome. And, and then since then I usually can, I'm good for a, a long putt to help the team there. That's about it. Not much of a golfer. You've seen me swing it. Well, I am not a much of a golfer either. I enjoy playing, assuming I'm not playing with people that are actually really good and get annoyed that I'm taking forever. I don't mind that I suck. Um, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, you know, when I'm on like the third tee box and everybody's like, hey, you should scoot up. Hey, you should do this with your hands. Hey, have you thought about straightening your back? I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know, but keep them coming. We'll just try it all. We got. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> I'm going to swing this thing about a hundred times. Um, but I think my favorite memory that just always brings a smile to my face, uh, was a time playing with Chris and a bunch of guys. It wasn't you, Cole. Um, (laughs) (laughs) what were we, where were we playing at Chris? Which time is this? Is this, this is my wedding. Was it It your wedding? That was my wedding. Okay. I knew there was a reason we were all together. That that made my list of things. Yeah. So, for Chris's wedding, a bunch of us get together and we're playing a couple different courses. And so we decide to split up teams. And because there are a few people that play golf with us that are not um, spenders of the cash, we decided to make it easy and basically say loser had to buy lunch uh, at the clubhouse. You know, everybody's out seven or eight bucks, whatever it was. Um, so we may have fudged. I may have been on Chris's team. We may have fudged our scorecard um, at yeah, the we turn. Had- we had two scorecards, one legit one and one very not legit one. <laughs> and we knew that the other team would be looking at the scorecard. And so they looked at it and they, we knew they looked at it and they, and they were thinking there's no way this team of, you know, they got Logan on the team. There's no way that they're actually shooting this. And so it's probably hold 10 or 11, not long after that. And we're down like in a little Valley and here comes the other team up on, up on this Ridge and I'm at the tee box and I just happened to hit this three wood that will forever be known as the magic stick. Um, <laughs> best shot I've ever hit in my life. Par three. And I stick this thing. I mean, probably five or six feet from the hole. Yes. And all you hear is the other four guys like, Oh my God. If Logan's hitting shots like that, we are screwed. <laughs> it was literally the only shot I hit all day. Uh, I missed the putt when I was trying for the birdie, but we all cheered, made it act like I actually hit the putt. 
uh, just so that they would can. So they they come to eighteen and they are pissed again. They are mad that they have to pay one person. <laughs> yeah, again, mad Alan that Wallace. they've got to pay a for a seven or eight dollar lunch at this point, which I don't think they ever did. Um, only to find out, I'm sure they they ended up crushing us, but we we we, we paid for lunch there. Yeah, that sounds was, about right. Because they, they sure. did crush us, but it definitely <laughs> ruined AWOL's round. Because the whole back nine, he was like, <laughs> they were so mad. for lunch, so pissed <laughs> out there. That that made my list uh, of, of favorite golf memories. I'm trying to find my list here. Uh, number one, when I was 16, I got a hole in one. Uh, Whoa, that was that was cool. Uh, never had one since, or necessarily came too close to getting one since. So. Uh, check that to, off the bucket list. When you're early. 16, do you have to buy a round for everybody in the clubhouse? It was a church golf tournament, so uh, I got by without having to do that. Did it? How many people made a comment, something about, man, the Lord's on your side today, or something about being in God's favor because you made that hole-in-one? I don't remember. You must be living right, son. You must be living, yes. Yeah, I, I probably heard that one Over under 10. times. What do you got? But at 16, I probably was living right. I was a good kid. Uh there was that one. Logan, you'll remember this one, my next one. Uh, back when the Morgan Memorial Golf Tournament was a thing, there was a team yeah. that had uh, Matthew Hickman and Andy Hicks and two other people. I'm not sure who they were. Uh, I think Logan, one of them may have been Bob. What? I think Bob may have played with them one year. And then um, who was the other guy that played with them? It may have been Chris's brother. Uh, it could have been Chris's brother. But... So we're playing this tournament, and it, they have like 20 teams. So, I mean, everybody starts on a hole. You have two on one hole, like here and there. Uh, so it's just one of the, it's a slow round. You know you're going to play five-hour round. Uh, and typically in a scramble like this, it's a shotgun start. So, I mean, you're not letting anybody pass you. You're just all going at the same pace. Um, Hickman and Andy, they were just motioning people through <laughs> left and right. Uh, we finished, we eat, we, they had like a, a dinner after the round. We started the round at like one, I think it was. And there was like a dinner afterwards. Uh, we, everybody ate, it was getting dark and they still had like two or three holes left to play. Uh, somehow everybody was off the course and they did, they still had two or three holes left. And even the guy running, it was like, how, how did this happen? I don't know. And then the next year, I remember they put a rule that bogey is the worst score you can get and at bogey pickup. So uh, that was the uh, Matthew Hickman and Andy Hicks rule. Uh, always get a <laughs> chuckle thinking about that one. And the last one, uh, I got to throw my brother under the bus on this one. Uh, absolutely hilarious. 2019 Golden Eagle Scramble. Uh, we get there Friday and we get registered uh, for the tournament, signed in, checked in. Uh, and about an hour before tea time, just absolute flood comes out of nowhere. Uh, one of those June pop-up showers. So we uh, we go to the car, and if you're from Cookville, you know of a place called Ocha. It's a Thai place. Shocking news on the podcast here. I eat at, I eat at a Thai place uh, pretty <laughs> regularly in Cookville. Uh, so we, we go there for lunch. Uh, it hits the spot for me. It misses the spot for Bub's. Uh, we get back to the golf course. Uh, we're having a couple of beers, and brother's like, "Man, my stomach is not feeling good." He goes, uh, "I think I'm gonna go to the bathroom real fast." I was like, "Yeah, whatever. You do you." He goes, Cole, he this comes is kind of like Chris on the way to Nashville when we just have to stop at a gas station." <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he goes in there, and you, you can see his face when he comes out. He just looks like a brand new man. Like he's like, "Oh, feeling much better now." And uh, we have a few more beers, and then it's approaching our tea time where they, they push it back about two hours. Uh, so I go to get some range balls to hit, and then I have to piss. So I'm like, oh, let's go to the bathroom. I walk in there. You would have thought Kevin Malone had just been in there or something. <laughs> I, I get out of there, and I'm like, Bubs, was that you? <laughs> like, it was an hour ago. Was that really you? He says, it was bad. <laughs> it was very, very bad. And I was like, okay. And then he proceeded. He got close to the hole on two different par threes. Uh, he played lights out. We had a good day. Uh, I remember I, we were about 90 yards out, and I hit a little punch shot, hit the flag stick, and stopped right there. Like It was it was one of our best rounds of golf we've ever had. Uh, we shot even par. Uh, Chris, did and, you say punch shot or flop shot? It was a punch. Uh, Natty's not a fan of the flop shot here. <laughs> I've never known you to turn down a flop opportunity. I, I know. I have I have an empty spot in my bag for a club, and that 60 degrees just 
wants to be in the bag so bad. I've taken it out for some time now, but it, it might make it back for the Golden Eagle. Who knows? But yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the conditions were terrible because it was so wet. The ball wasn't going anywhere, but we still shot even par, uh, played out of our minds on several holes. So it was, it was just a fun round. And then Saturday we went to White Plains and it was just utter disaster. So. Thanks for um thanks for making that long story even longer with that with that with your favorite golf memory. <laughs> that was the longest story about somebody pooping. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, it was it was just a magical day. I mean, it was long, but it was magical. And my brother's shit was legendary that day. <laughs> I feel bad for people was that walked in there <laughs> for the next day. three days. <laughs> It was brutal. Um, well, guys, Rose. I got the email this week for my 2021 Masters Lottery ticket. Cole, did you uh, did you sign up for this? Missed it this year. <laughs> Damn it. Missed it. Chris, we may have talked about this before, but is there any reason why when people are filling that out, they don't select four each day for four, the practice four, round? Four, yeah. Every like, day. I've never understood... I, why they even put it on there? Like, there's no science behind. Oh, if I only want, if I only put two, I have a greater chance of getting it. No, it's you're putting four and you're putting every session all day. <laughs> right. the, the works, anything you can get. Yeah, it still cracks me up that they still make you fill that in. Like, uh, everybody's putting four for the practice rounds every day, two for the weekends. You know, you're getting whatever you can. Um, oh yeah. Speaking of getting whatever you can, guys, Gary Player, oh, 84-year-old Gary Player, sued his son and just won $5 million. We all have sons here. Cole, what would it take when you're 80-plus years old to sue your son for $5 million? You know, to speak to, I want to be in a point in life where I can sue my my child who has $5 million that I think <laughs> it should be coming to me. Like when you get to that point, it's like, it's not a big deal. Like what, what's Christmas going to look like for this guy <laughs> and his family? Like, it's just not that big of a deal. It's just like, Hey, this is just business. It's what we do. We sue each other for millions of dollars. Next, you know, you did this a few years ago to me doing it back to you. Like I read up on that and I was like, what in the world? Like the little research too, just about celebrities that have sued their kids. Couldn't really come up with a lot there, but, Definitely got to revisit where Leanne Rhyme sued her mom. Um, Macaulay Culkin sued his parents, um, who felt like they that he took money from when he was a kid when he was making millions. Like this is a fairly common thing with people that make a lot of money, where families of either the uh, children or the parents they'll they'll sue each other. I would not sue my child for anything. I mean, the craziest thing to me is it was obviously a big enough deal that he decided to sue his son, but actually, like what that dispute was, I don't think has ever come out publicly. Chris, have you ever heard anything? Um, it hasn't. Uh, they vaguely referenced that his son was uh, basically like the CEO of uh, Gary Player Enterprises or something like that. And they, they basically were, used his name on some golf courses. Yeah. And it was just a, a whatever. Uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. And what is Gary? A royalty what, kind of thing. Like a copyright thing. What is Gary Player's nickname? It was talking about how he actually uses that nickname for his brand of things that he does. So I have Black, no clue. The Black Knight. The Black Knight. Yeah. Even that though he is neither black nor a knight. Yeah, that didn't make any sense either. The whole <laughs> damn thing doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm like, if you're, if you're using your dad's name and he doesn't want you to, can you not just slide him a, a million bucks or two, like, you know, half of what you made off those things? <laughs> right. like, I just don't understand. I, yeah, I'm uh, with you on that one. That was weird. It was weird. Um, this story's not over yet. There's got to be more to it. Dum, dum, dum. Speaking of not over yet, it may be over for the athletic because they have started cutting jobs. Um, the athletic is one of those subscription situations where you basically you pay them a monthly fee uh, and you get access to all kinds of good articles and write-ups and all that stuff about all your favorite teams and sports and all that fun stuff i have been so surprised that it's been as successful as it has um i thought well there's no way somebody's paying four dollars a month for articles that they're used to getting for free um 
but they just kept growing, kept adding. Well, the the layoffs have started with the athletic. Chris, is there a successful business model for sports in 2020? Um, I don't I don't know. There's so much free stuff out there that's good. Uh, it's it's hard to justify people paying even as even as little as like 250 a month. Uh, I mean, I I was ESPN Plus person. Uh, and I canceled that whenever the COVID stuff hit because there was no sports. So I'm like, why am I going to pay $5 uh, when sports starts back? There ain't no guarantee. I'm going to, I'm going to renew that. I'm going to get back on board. So uh, I'm also an athletic subscriber. It's mostly for my dad. Uh, he, he, he's on his computer work a lot and reads the articles. So, so yeah, I, as far as the athletic goes, I, I don't know. Part of me is kind of happy they're kind of falling apart because they were very snobbish about the way they they went went around like like oh this is how it works we're great at this everything's perfect and uh, never was a fan of the way they acted about that so yeah yeah it's one of those things where I mean I know there's some companies out there that they basically you know if they can get you in for two ninety nine a month you're probably never going to notice it on your credit card your bank statement and so. You know, uh, I read an article recently. There's over 2 million people that still pay AOL for their dial-up service that they haven't wow. done in over 10 years. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> so over 2 million uh, paying for AOL dial-up because it's just one of those line items on some card or, you know, some account that they hooked up online and just never thought anything of it. Um, so I do know that there are some companies with that business model of just saying, hey, if I can get you in and you're paying something – you may always end up paying this because going through the hassle of unsubscribing may not happen. Um, but I just don't think there's enough money in sports, to be honest with you. I mean, ESPN has struggled. Um, you know, without football, every college struggles. I just don't think when it comes to sports media, people are, as Chris said, there's so much free stuff. People are willing to pay for commentary that they're largely going to disagree with. Um and so I think to be successful in sports, you've got to do something more than just sports. And going the political route, probably not going to work either. It's got to be, I think, the original ESPN, the sports and entertainment. I mean, you guys I mean, know Barstool's kind of right there. I mean, that's yeah, yeah that's so successful. You look right. at Barstool, you look at The Ringer, um, you know, that, that seem to be doing okay. But there's a limit. There's a ceiling to all those things. Um, I mean, you look at like this podcast, we talk sports, but we also talk fast food. We talk little Debbie cakes, you know, we're going to talk Chuck E. Cheese here in a minute. Um, I personally am not all sports obsessed, but that's all I can handle all day, every day. Um, you know, there's only so much to talk about. So Cole, what's the recipe for successful sports media? I think uh, what we're doing right here on the sports nuts and beer guts podcast, some guys having a good time talking about sports. It's unfiltered. It's unedited. It's uncut. Um, there's no political agenda. Uh, that's why I cannot stand watching ESPN anymore, just because it's just obvious that there's a political agenda with that type of thing. That's why I would be kind of inclined to like something like The Athletic, um, just to see something that's just about sports. Uh, what it's was the problem there? Come on, it, yeah, it's. I don't know much. I, see, I, I don't know know much follow about. Follow any it. of those writers on Twitter, and you'll. you'll what did you say that? What did you say the price point, the monthly price point was for that? It's like two fifty if you do a two years commitment. Okay, I'll just say if you thought it was five dollars, breaking news, they're doing forty percent off now for two ninety nine a month. Yeah, they they do forty percent <laughs> off every single day. Anytime fifty percent off news. half the time. Yeah. Can you just pick any team you want to read about with that with that price? You, you, you get everything that's on there, like all teams. Yeah. I just listen to this podcast weekly. Well, Coleman, you could have you could have heard about Coach Doug's. Losing the national title and celebrating <laughs> with the Hokies. Hey, I know now. <laughs> Cole's a big Virginia Tech fan for all the listeners out there. Yeah. Right, Cole? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, guys, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Waffle House, of all places, is scrapping menus. No more paper menus, no more plastic menus. The COVID has ushered in a new era. And a little you scan um, on the tables. And so you'll just scan that and they will digitally update their menu if it ever needs to change. But you just scan that thing with your smartphone and your menu shows up on, on your phone there. Cole, 
good yep. idea or bad idea? Are you all you all for the QR code menus? I mean, it sounds like a good idea with what we're living in right now. Uh, will it stick around? Possibly. I don't think it's really that that big of a deal. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be something different. Just to think, you know, our kids won't even remember what a paper menu was, possibly. Um, so it's just kind of wild to think about, right? But this might be the way of the world from now on. And with all this other stuff we got going on right now, I'm not going to die on that hill fighting paper menus going away. <laughs> I, we were at a restaurant a couple of days ago and they had paper menus, but then the guy took the paper menus back and I thought, what are you going to do with those? I thought the whole purpose of these was like, they stay on here and then you just throw them away when we leave. Right. right. Uh, but I mean, as you, as you mentioned earlier, Cole, like, wanting to flip phone. Not everybody's got a smartphone. Is Waffle House, do they have the type of clientele that they can go all in on the QR menu, Chris? Um, I, I'm sure they have another option if you don't have a smartphone. Or, I mean, your smartphone may be dead. I mean, you're, you've been at the bar uh, all night, <laughs> scrolling through the Twitter, uh, swiping right on uh, a t- what is it, Tinder? The, t- the, the, t- the Tinder. The Tinder, or, yeah. Cole, Cole's right. only married on now. The, on the interwebs. So he doesn't have to do that anymore. But yeah, just just swiping right. Uh, so your phone might be dead, and you get to Waffle House. And you're like, man, I'm sure. I'm sure whoever's there, your waitress will uh, hook you up with with what what you need. Uh, whoa, I, whoa, we're talking about Waffle House here, Chris. I they they definitely might hook you up if you know what I mean. You tell them about uh, yourself. Seven point five. They'll be crawling to get to you. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, it is not that. Um, <laughs> But I, I kind of like the idea of a QR code menu because uh, then maybe they get your specialty order right. Like they might give you a light waffle instead of a uh, burnt waffle. So I, I think I like the idea of it um, mainly because when I'm sitting down and you get those big bulky menus, you either get those giant old school menus that have like the little metal corner pieces, you know, and you got to yep. keep flipping over and stuff. Or you go to Cheesecake Factory and they hand you a daggone novel oh. that you have to start flipping through. Those um, are the worst. But, you know, in our family, we kind of have a rule where when you sit down at the dinner table, there's no phones allowed at the table. Well, all of a sudden no. now, you got to have that phone to order. You know, you got to bring it back up when you're looking for dessert or you want a new drink. You know, take, take a look at the drink menu, something like that. Um, so part of me likes the ease of it. Likes, you know, when that waiter comes and gets my... Um, gets my drinks. I can go ahead and just order because I've already scanned the code and I know what I want. Um, but there's also a part of me too that I'd love to distance myself from from technology more and more if I could. Cole, I don't know if you added this one on here or if it he was had to have had to have added it. But Cole, do you chug sip or pour the idea of taking naps? Well, Chris is going to chug it. You're going to sip it, and I'm going to pour it. You might pour. I I hate them. I, I took a nap on Sunday, and we just have so much going on lately. And I was so mad because I wasted an hour. I woke up from the nap. I felt awful because I slept too long. And I just wanted to see, it. am I abnormal? I, I hate taking naps. They don't do a lot for me. Um, and I've never really talked openly about it until now that <laughs> I pour naps. I'm glad you got that out. I'm not a big nap guy because I generally am very grouchy when I wake up from a nap. Um, it's either not long enough or it's too long. Like, like Cole said, it's hard to find that sweet spot of, Oh, it's just what I needed. Um, so I, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of naps unless it's just, uh, I've just worn myself out and I'm not going to be good for anything anyway. So I might as well take a nap. That's essentially just going back to early bedtime. It usually means I'm getting sick too. So it freaks me out. <laughs> Chris, as Cole said, he is anticipating that you take a uh, frequent naps. I, <laughs> I have two kids. I have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old kid. Uh, I do not take frequent naps. That three-year-old, um, he fights his naps as hard as anybody can. Uh, he takes naps while I'm at work. He usually takes a nap about one o'clock. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm never around for nap time. I never get naps these days. But back before kids, I love naps because <laughs> uh, – <laughs> nap time used used to mean I would get lucky before kids. So uh, <laughs> love some nap time. All right, we got a couple more things to talk about. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's about ten years ago. A guy, an art dealer, some rich wealthy dude named Forrest Finn, 
decided that he was going to bury a million plus dollars worth of treasure in the Rocky Mountains. He basically wrote a poem. I mean, and not a long poem. He wrote a poem with a description of where the where the treasure would be. I think there were four different people that died looking for the treasure um, to the point that the federal government almost told him like, hey, you got to go dig it up and tell everybody that it's not out there anymore because they were tired of people getting lost and needing to be rescued. Um, there are multiple stories of people quitting their jobs and just looking for this thing full time, spending all their life savings trying to find this treasure. Well, by George, somehow, somewhere, somebody found Mr. Finn's million plus dollars. Cole, what would it take for you to stop everything in life to go look for some treasure? Somebody just give me a map. <laughs> X marks the spot. A map and a challenge. <laughs> and, a, and a pirate sword, and I'm off to the races. <laughs> Be like that old movie, Rat Race. <laughs> yeah. Cole is yeah. on it. What a hell of a story, though. I mean, that that's kind of a cool story happening with everything right now. That's that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Chris, any chance you're going to go look for some treasure? Uh, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Uh even when I was furloughed from work, still probably wasn't going to happen. Uh, I did watch the show Longmire. Highly recommend it. Solid show. And they kind of vaguely re- re- referenced this in there. So it was kind of cool to hear somebody actually found it. Longmire, is that a spinoff of Ozark? Um, no. Isn't that the, the family in Ozark, Longmire? it was Langmire, maybe. Oh, I'm not sure. That's a lame. <laughs> that's the share. <laughs> That's the sheriff show, like out west, right? Yeah, in Wyoming. The like, oddly specific name, if it's not any at all related to Ozark. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it'd have to be a substantial dollar amount, and I would have to be a limited number of people that were given the clues. I mean, if you put them out there to the whole world, I'm just going to assume there's somebody who's smarter. There's going to be a lot more of people, resources, yeah. more resources um, that are willing to do this than than myself. So. Last thing Cole wanted to talk about, back in the day when Cole thought Olive Garden was good, Cole, are you saying that Olive Garden is not good? So something else we did Sunday. Sunday for me was a mulligan, except for church, going back to church. After that, there was a nap. And then we went to Olive Garden because she said she really felt like she wanted some Italian and we got there and it was obvious to me for the first time ever like they literally just microwave this this is not food that was prepared by a chef there is no italian large lady back there with dough all over the place and marinara sauce like this is just microwaved in a bag little small small shrimp it wasn't good and just when i was a kid did you used to think too like olive garden was like the fancy place to go now i know it's not it is the walmart of italian food Oh, but we all know Whitney's accustomed to the little tiny shrimp, isn't she? <laughs> Watch it, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always amazed when people, like, I, I do think that's a common um, idea when people think of like, oh, Olive Garden's kind of like a fancy Italian place, which we didn't go out to eat a whole lot growing up, but I've never thought that like good food and abundant food or wherever found at the same place. I mean, if I'm going to CC's, it's not the best pizza. I'm going to CC's because I can get the most pizza <laughs> for $4.99. Um, Olive Garden with the unlimited breadsticks and salad and pasta, whatever. Like, you know you're not getting anything remotely close to what you're getting in Italy. Um, so I've never thought, oh, Olive Garden, this place is awesome. I love the Olive Garden. Um, but I'm glad that Coley did and then it was burned 30 years later. Yeah. Was there anything in your life that you thought was something now, you know, it wasn't like when I was a kid, I used to think that quicksand was a something serious to be worried about as an adult. And now I've realized, <laughs> nope, don't nope. worry about quicksand nope. in this life. <laughs> I spent my five to 10 years, old years going like really practicing to face quicksand one day. Wait, waste the time. What about you, Cullet? What do you got? You said you were thinking about it all day after I sent you the. Uh, I, I was thinking. I, I kept to the food thing, and uh, my thing was I used to think that you could only get steak at steakhouses. Uh, my dad never grilled steaks whenever I was uh, growing up. Uh, 
so yeah, I thought steakhouses were the only place you got steak, and uh, it turns out that's very wrong. Uh, I grill steak, uh, I don't know, at least once a week, probably. Uh, yeah, so I got steak with something that's like fancy. You have to go to the nice steakhouse to get it. Uh, I cook a pretty killer steak, so yeah. You, you do. This is true. He really does. He's not lying. Humble brag. Um, I'm not a big steak guy, so it's it's rare that I'm ever going to order a steak. But something I just thought of when you guys talking about food, I used to think that cooking um, pizza rolls in the microwave was the way to go. As an, as an adult, if those things are not in the oven and coming out crispy, then I'm not eating them. Um, but as yeah. a kid, it's all those and bagel bites, like those soggy bagels would come oh. out of the microwave, and I would eat them things like it was, you yeah. know, candy. And as an adult, I'm like, that is gross. Who <laughs> These are eating? fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did I think as a kid this was good? Um, put them in the oven. It takes a little longer, but my goodness, it's actually edible when it comes out of the oven. It's not just like mush coming out of the microwave. Cole, do you have any other used to thinks? I've got a ton of them. We could do this all night. So <laughs> I think I'll save some for the next podcast. Uh, we appreciate that. No problem. Um, we'll have I need you back to filter on. some of them too. We'll have you back on in November to talk about what you used to think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boys, next week we are back at it. The only thing on my calendar it looks like is I got to give my dog his flea medicine. So Next Wednesday, we'll be recording. Post it Wednesday night or Thursday. Again, as always, if you've got any topics or suggestions, send it to us. Twitter, Facebook, we're present. Chris is very active on both of them, especially on Facebook. If you have any um, <laughs> political conversations you want to have, Chris is your man. If you want to argue about the CDC, Cole is your man. And if you want to take a look at Hickman's arm sleeve that he will be revealing in the next 24 <laughs> hours, he is your man. As always, we got the sports nuts and beer guts. Toodles. And if you drink, don't drive. Do the watermelon crawl. <laughs>